Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 149 of We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you and yours are staying safe. You know, I talked last episode about some of the changes that I've made. I talked about exercising and some of the things that I'm doing to try to maintain some semblance of a normal routine despite the challenges that we're facing now. And one of the things that I realized talking to some friends yesterday is I think one of the things that's going to come out of this pandemic is... uh, I think the world's going to become a better place in in some respects, and, and here's why, is I've talked to so many people, myself included, that are taking this challenge of home quarantine and trying to figure out how to make something positive of it. And many people, myself included, have decided to go back and pursue a creative passion that perhaps they've always wanted to pursue and and blamed it on not having enough time or perhaps went back to pursue one of these creative passions that they started and then let go by the wayside. And I'm in the latter category. So I taught myself to play guitar when I was a teenager and pick it up here and there. I took a couple lessons many, many years ago, but never got to the level that that I felt I could get to. And in the last couple of years, and I have such a passion for music, I keep saying, boy, someday I want to learn how to play some lead guitar. I've been playing an acoustic guitar and only an acoustic guitar for all this time. So I've taken this challenge and have enrolled on online guitar lessons, which I've been participating in faithfully and practicing. And and I'm awaiting the arrival at my front door, hopefully in the next week or so, of my very first electric guitar. So I'm really excited. But I talked to a dear friend of mine yesterday who was a DJ back in the 90s. And he went out and ordered some new DJ equipment. And he's taking online courses to up his DJ skills. And I don't think my buddy, need to give him a shout out because he's the one that edits this podcast, my buddy Neil Galarte. You know, I don't think he and I are the only ones that are doing this. I think there's a lot of us that are saying, you know, gee, I've always wanted to paint. I've always wanted to pursue something artistic, whatever it is. And I believe that more art, more music will make the world a better place. One of the things that I'm going to start doing, starting with this episode with the We Have Cancer podcast, is dusting off some of the older episodes and republishing them. We're going to call them our revisit episodes. My goal is to alternate a new episode with a revisit episode here going forward for a little while. And there's two reasons why I'm doing this. Number one is I know many of you perhaps have not had the opportunities, perhaps you're a newer listener and you may have missed an episode from three, four or five years ago. 
Secondly, it's also for a little bit of a selfish reason, and that is because I'm in the midst of treatment. And, you know, again, you know, I've been dealing with stage four colon cancer for nine years now. And after five years on the podcast, you know, I think it's time for me to to spend a little bit more time focusing on my health and my recovery. So this also allows me to kind of take a little bit of a break in terms of the amount of time that I'm spending producing new episodes. So this is going to benefit both of us. You'll get to hear some wonderful interviews from the past. This will allow me to spend just a little bit less time producing new shows and allow me, like I said, to focus on my health and recovery without losing a beat with the podcast. So the episode that I chose for our very first revisit goes back almost three years ago to spring of 2017, where I interviewed and actually met virtually for the very first time someone who I consider a wonderful friend now and have had the pleasure to meet, and that is my good friend Stacy Hurt. And I'll let Stacy take it from here and talk about her story. And I just want to also just publicly thank Stacy because she has become such a passionate advocate for colon cancer awareness. And, you know, this has been a, a true passion of hers. So join me now as we revisit my conversation from 2017 with my interview with Stacy Hurt. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the show. How are you? Great, Lee. How are you? Good. I'm so glad we were finally able to connect. You were under the weather there for a while, and I was like, am I ever going to get to talk to Stacy? So thank you. Thank <laughs> you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, good, good, good. So just bring our listeners up to speed. How did you wind up as a member of this club that nobody wants to be a part of? Yeah, well, yeah. So my story is that prior to my diagnosis, I was and still am a rule follower. Uh, I was a lifelong athlete, took good care of myself, ate clean, non-smoker, normal weight, um, basketball and volleyball player in high school and then, uh, you know, into college. So you know, I, uh, when I started having abdominal pain and bleeding, I ignored it like everybody else. Uh, at the time I was working outside the home, uh, for, I, I was in pharmaceutical sales and then I was head of training and development for a pharmaceutical company and I was traveling a little bit. So, you know, I was very busy, but the busiest, most, time-consuming and heart-consuming part of my life are my two boys, Griffin and Emmett, and my younger son, Emmett, is profoundly disabled with multiple special needs. Um, he has a rare chromosome abnormality, which is one of three known cases in the world, and uh, it renders him unable to walk, unable to talk, unable to care for himself in any way. He depends on us to feed him, uh, diaper him, uh, dress him. We have to lift him. We have to carry him. And, uh, it's, it's very difficult. Um, so that in itself is, it, it takes all I have. So I'm busy caring for Emmett and then Griffin, his older brother, who's typical and then traveling, working full time. So these symptoms were an annoyance if, you know, pretty much. And so, 
when, so in 2014 in the summer, I just kept saying to my husband, Drew, I really just don't feel right. And he said, go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor and she said, well, you know, knowing you, no family history, no risk factors, this is probably irritable bowel syndrome or um, internal hemorrhoids. And she said, but I'm going to send you for a colonoscopy just to be sure. So I went to the colonoscopy and I was excited to get it over with because the next, the following week was my birthday and we were celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary by going to Bermuda and we had a plan, a trip all planned. So I went for the colonoscopy on September 11th, 2014, and the tumor in my rectum was so large that the doctor aborted the procedure because he could not get the scope around the tumor. Woke me up and said the words that we've all heard and we never wanted to hear. It's most likely cancer. And that started a whirlwind of tests, uh, whipped me up to the hospital and a uh, PET scan came back on my 44th birthday, September 17th, 2014, cancer in my rectum, liver, lymph nodes, and lungs, stage four. And, um, uh, you know, I underwent full Fox with a, just a hope that I would respond 50, 50 chance. And, um, fortunately I did respond. Uh, so September until March of 2015, I, I did full Fox with a Vastin on the pump that we all know and love. And then I had surgery in April of 2015. I had my resection and, um, uh, removal of the spot on my liver, two spots and scooped out 19 lymph nodes and, uh, then I had a subsequent scan. I was lucky to be cancer free. Uh, after I had, I did have SBRT. I had cyber knife on one spot in my lung that was suspicious. It could have been cancer. It couldn't have been, but we, we got that too. And then NED in officially in March of 2015. So you're coming up on two years NED. Yeah, I know. I can't believe that. There That's was a so pause weird. there, like you, like I caught you by surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just really hard to believe how far I've come, and it's just really, it's you know, I get pretty emotional when I think about it because, you know, these two boys—they're my whole life, and sure, I'm really glad to be here and to be NED at this point. Still going through maintenance chemo. It's, it's. It's really nothing. My when your oncologist says it's nothing short of a miracle, you know that's something because they don't toss around that. No, hard. no. And, <laughs> and speaking of miracles, how did you come through this without an ostomy of any kind? Uh, the my surgeon, we didn't know, and that's a good question. We weren't sure, uh, but when my surgeon got in there, since I didn't, I did not need radiation on my rectum. My walls were strong enough to do the resection without an ostomy. So there's another miracle. Really amazing. I, I've, yeah. I don't recall having talked to anybody else on the podcast and we're coming up in two years now that's been through rectal cancer that got to skip both radiation and uh, either an ileostomy or permanent colostomy. So that is a miracle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I really had um, 
an unbelievable, and, and I don't, you know, and everybody has just, everybody in our group here has such an amazing story, but uh, even the radiologist who, again, doesn't toss that around, said that I had an unbelievable response to the chemotherapy, and they try to talk about why that is. Uh, my tumor shrunk from 11 to 2, and when they went to remove it, the surgeon could barely find it. So it was a really unbelievable response, and I'm just unbelievably blessed, unbelievably lucky. That's all I can say. Sure. So talk about, because I know you've got uh, professional ties to healthcare. Uh, talk mm -hmm. about what you do. Well, I, um, in my in my previous life, that I'm trying to get back up and going again, um, I have a master's in health administration and a master's in business administration, uh, two master's degrees from the University of Pittsburgh, and um, prior to falling ill, I worked for a physician practice management company um, in operations and practice management. So I worked on the side with, alongside of physicians, help growing their practice and, uh, you know, growing their profits, et cetera, their revenues. And I did a lot with insurance and billing and things like that. Uh, then I went into pharmaceutical sales. So I was kind of on that side of it. So I got to know a lot about that process of working with Big Pharma. When Emmett was diagnosed, it really changed my view, um, being on now a true patient side of things. And I retired from pharmaceutical sales because I was a different person and I couldn't do it anymore. Um, so when I went back into that industry, I, I couldn't be in sales and all that. I wanted to go into training to help people be better at what they do and know what it's like to deliver from a patient's side and, and really have the empathy for what the patient's going through. And, um, so I did that right up until the time that I fell ill and I continued to work up until my surgery. I was doing webinars. I remember doing a webinar during a treatment week and I was, tr and I go, I, I fall very hoarse during a treatment week. So I had a, I had a cup of hot tea. I had a glass of water. I had a lemonade and, and I have, and my pump swishing and I'm, I'm doing a webinar to the whole <laughs> sales force. It was, you know. It was something, yeah. but, uh, and now you're you know, doing some fun. advocacy work. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm starting sort of my own business, my own gig, and I don't even want to call it a business because I, I basically, uh, am paid in Starbucks gift cards and favors. And it's just my way of, of paying it forward. But I really help people develop a plan for their life. So many, you know, we all know that at the beginning, before you get your plan, it's so overwhelming. And I just, you know, I, I'm not afraid to say that, you know, I, I'm a God person. And I just feel like all these things have happened to me, Emmett being so rare, um, what happened to me being so rare, it has led me in a position to, to help others figure it out. And, and I always, my husband's also in the healthcare industry and and we say to each other all the time, what do people do who don't know the system? How do they know what to say? How do they know how to fight for in, fight insurance companies, fight for what, you know, they need? And so um, I just feel that that this is, you know, my way to give back is to help others 
you know, with that plan and figuring it out and, uh, figuring out the medical jargon, if you would. So, um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's starting. It's, <laughs> we're, 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 you know, Lee, you have to start. Of somewhere, course, so, of course. Um, but, but you... I'm mentoring a bunch of people right now and, and, and fortunately they're doing really well and, and when they're happy, I'm happy. There you, go. So. you know, this is a, <laughs> such a common theme that when we're touched by this disease uh, and things go well for us. And, and I put myself in that category. I'm, I, I'm not NED. I'm, I'm stable. So to me, stable is the next best thing. And right. uh, there's this, this, this tug that you get. I don't know how else to say it to want to give back, to make a difference, mm-hmm. to find a purpose, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I, you know, I read Robin Roberts tremendous book. Everybody's got something. And she repeatedly says, make your mess, your message. And I, I quote that so often and that's really what it is. Um, you know, you, you find the good in the bad and you make the best of a bad situation. Um, you know, and I, you know, and, and that's, I think that's the positivity in it is that you don't sit around and feel sorry for yourself, but in fact, you feel empowered to, to help and guide others. And, and what you're doing Lee with the podcast, I mean, I mean it, this is, this is amazing because you are finding a a voice and a forum to, to get out to so many people who need it, who need help and need hope. And I mean, I just, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. Seriously, honestly. Thank you. It's it's so. it's obviously it's very rewarding, and uh, hope is is where it's all at. It's it's what I do, and I was. You talk about uh, you know th- things coming your way and things happening, and and you're a God person, and whether that's the the label you want to put on it, or you subscribe to just something a little more generic as to things happen for a reason. I'm walking yes. around New York City two weeks before Christmas and I just turn a corner and there's the big red sign and it said hope. It was just like mm. the famous love sign in Philadelphia, which my wife and I, of course, had, mm-hmm. had our picture taken in front of when we were up there a couple of years ago. I didn't know there was a <laughs> sister sign uh, and I'm from New York that is mm. obviously done by the same artist, but instead of saying L-O-V-E, this one says H-O-P-E. So I, of course I had to have my picture taken in front of it because it's all about hope. It's, it's, it it's what we do. It is. And there are no coincidences in life. And I, you know, I like to say that I'm a God person, but I have plenty of friends that are atheists, agnostics, that subscribe to the forces of the universe. And um, I, have, I have one friend of mine, um, he's gay and him and his partner always say, praise Gucci. And that's their way. Of, <laughs> that's what, you know, that's what lifts them, you know, lifts their spirits. And so I always say, and, and, you know, I always say I'm like sandals. So I'm going to credit sandals resort here. I'm like sandals. I'm all inclusive because <laughs> whatever lifts you up and whatever, you know, whatever higher power you subscribe to, it's about, like you said, hope and faith and, Whatever gets you through your day. Wouldn't the world be an amazing place if, A, we all believed in something, 
and B, mm-hmm. we all respected what it was that our neighbor believed in. But that's a topic for another day. Stacey, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, integrative medicine and how that's been a part of your life. Uh, you talk, uh, I've seen it on Facebook, you mentioned a little bit in your blog. Uh, talk about how and why you've incorporated integrative medicine uh, as, as part of what you're doing. Sure. Well, you know, um, like I said, I, I always was into health and fitness and wellness, if you would. And so when I fell ill, I really wanted every possible resource to try and, you know, beat this disease. I pulled out all the stops. And so I went to a wellness fair sponsored by uh, where I get treated, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, UPMC. And there was an oncologist there, Dr. Lainey Francis, and a very young, forward-thinking woman who was running this program that incorporated um, what she called really four pillars of an integrative oncology program, and that was movement, touch, nutrition, and mindfulness. And it's sort of maximizing those four elements of, of what that means in your life to whatever level that you are able to do. And these four pillars can help tolerate both the disease and the treatment, meaning the chemotherapy, radiation, whatever treatment you're enduring, better alleviate side effects, increase your stamina, increase your mood, your energy. And so I met with Dr. Francis and we picked out different elements that would work in my life. And some of the things that I've done, um, yoga was one. And yoga, I, I, I did some yoga prior to falling ill, but I think people think yoga, you have to be, you know, in these like stress pants and you have to look all cute and you have to be able to bend backwards. Well, I, I, I'm not any of those. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and I'll tell you right now, but for me, um, yoga was just taking time to stretch, to breathe, to get oxygen in because as we know, cancer likes sugar, but it hates oxygen. So the more oxygen you can get in, the better chance of, you know, killing those cancer cells. And, uh, I did, I tried some acupuncture, which was wonderful. I I think it helped with my immune system. Um, I've done some Reiki, which is regulating a flow of energy in your body. Um, but the biggest thing of all that I paid attention to in integrative oncology was nutrition. And that was eating a plant-based diet, moving to a low sugar, low dairy, uh, low to no alcohol diet. And, uh, I I really incorporated those very heavily at the beginning, as well as a bunch of specifically colon cancer fighting foods, cruciferous vegetables, uh, butternut squash. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, flaxseed. Uh, there were a bunch of the, oh, grapes. I was eating grapes like nobody's business because of the (laughs) the resveratrol and the skin of the grapes. Does wine wine count? (laughs) <laughs> yes, Lee, wine does count, <laughs> but not as much as grapes. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, you know, I really, I really, I really changed my whole diet around. And I know there's a lot of debate as to, do people think 
that that helps them or not. For me, I believe it was the number one thing that helped me combat the cancer and also get through the chemo. I never missed a treatment because of, of low counts. Um, I, I have never been sick in bed. I've never vomited. Um, I, I've never lost weight. My weight was maintained throughout my entire treatment, which still continues to this day. And, um, I, I'm, I have to credit these elements of, uh, integrative oncology. I go for regular oncology massages. I incorporate essential oils with frankincense, which is, uh, there's been data showing it's anti-inflammatory in nature. So, um, so I, I really do credit all, all these elements to my, again, knock on wood, remarkable recovery here. So that's interesting. Uh, and and uh, oftentimes people are surprised to find that many of the most well-respected uh, cancer uh, treatment facilities are including integrative medicine as part of their approach. You go on Memorial Sloan Kettering's website there's mm-hmm. a whole, there's a very prominent link right there about integrative medicine. And about three episodes back, I had uh, some folks on as my guest, and they were talking about a meditation app. Meditation, right? yes. And, if, and, and, <laughs> I, and I said to them, you do a search just for the word meditation on its Sloan Kettering's website, and you get almost 300 hits. So this has mm-hmm. clearly evolved from where we once were a year ago, years ago, right? I I would agree with that. I think that because, and and again, because of my background, um, everything that I do is evidence-based. I'm, I'm very data oriented and uh, the foods that the cancer, the colon cancer fighting foods that I chose were listed on the American Institute for Cancer Research, AICR.org. And if you click on there, there's foods that fight cancer, specifically colon cancer, and they are all data-based to show in through, you know, published studies of how they have shrunk colon cancer tumors. So um, back to your point, Lee, I think you're going to see more and more data emerging uh, to support these integrative techniques. That is the challenge that we face. A lot of patients ask me, well, does my insurance cover these? Well, sadly, right now, no, not really, because we don't have the data yet. But stay tuned, because I do believe that it's emerging. You're going to see more and more, and hopefully we'll get the insurance companies to uh, rally around these. So the key phrase here, obviously, is uh, data-based, right? Uh, yes. Because there's a lot uh, of stuff, and I put the word stuff in air quotes, out there. And that's the differentiator, is is there documented evidence to support the claims that you're reading about? Right. And that's why I always, anything that I tell patients, any, 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 um, you know, anything that I give out, I always say, ask your doctor. That's number one. Ask your doctor about doing this. Are you fit to uh, fit enough to do it well enough to do it in, in good enough physical shape to do these types of things? And, you know, start with your doctor. What does your doctor think about these? Now, acupuncture is one probably that you'd see the most data on because it has been around, you know, in Chinese culture forever and Eastern cultures forever. So that's that's probably the one that you will see the most data for. Um, 
But yes, certainly. And I get really angry when, when people start tossing around, you know, different terms like holistic and naturalistic and homeopathic. Those are completely separate terms from integrative medicine. And, um, I always like to make that distinction, um, that integrative works with traditional treatments. Like first and foremost, I subscribe to chemo, radiation, and surgery. I mean, those were part of my recovery. Um, the integrative went along with those traditional modalities. So I always like to make that distinction. Certainly. And not only ask your doctor, but also tell your doctor, if you make a decision on some of these yes. things and you forgot to ask your doctor, then be sure to tell your doctor you called out something uh, in the communication you and I were sharing back and forth. For example, you just talked about acupuncture, but there are certain people that need to be very careful and perhaps should not consider acupuncture, right? Uh, well, I would be one of those right now because I'm on Avastin. And um, my oncologist, my treating oncologist, um, with the risk of bleeding from Avastin does not want me doing acupuncture right now. So, uh, when I started full Fox, I, I, I was not doing Avastin. So I did acupuncture at the very beginning, but when I added the Avastin, I had to go off the acupuncture. So yes, thank you, Lee. That's an excellent example right there of a, of a contraindication, you know, to acupuncture. So, um, yeah, that's always start with your doctor. Doctor comes first. Certainly. So I saw something interesting on your website, and it, it jumped out at me because it just so spoke to me. And you talked about the importance of music in your life. Oh, and you yeah. talked specifically about Fleetwood Mac. And <laughs> I got to thinking because music, just for me, uh, I could go on for hours. <laughs> and could you make almost a case for music being somewhat integrative? Oh, absolutely. Well, music therapy and art therapy are, um, very much a part of, um, the mindfulness pillar of integrative oncology. And, um, I, I did not do, I did some art therapy. I mean, the adult coloring, it's, it's really big right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. Colored pencils <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing. <laughs> I was at a loss for words. It was a thing. And, so for me, music therapy, yeah, I have a real attachment to the song Gypsy um, by Fleetwood Mac with Stevie Nicks' beautiful sort of, you know, haunting voice. And um, that song I play, oh, man, it's taking me back here, Lee. Um, um, when I when I went down to Hillman cancer center and that was the first time I heard stage four and, um, that boy, this is tough. When, um, I was sitting there and I was scared to death and before the oncologist walked in and I just asked my husband, I said, you got to put gypsy on. And I just closed my eyes and did just a brief meditation and just really just, pictured myself really just floating above the cancer. And I do a lot of visualization as well. And it, to me, it's very powerful, um, visualizing yourself overcoming the cancer. And, and maybe this sounds hokey to some people, but this is, this is really what's gotten me through. Um, 
every night I do a visualization of the cancer leaving my body through my legs, down through my feet where I am stomping it into the ground and just reject. And I, and I speak to myself that I reject this disease. I don't even use the word cancer. I say, I reject this disease out of my body and I am filled with healthy, new, pure cells. And, uh, I do that at night and I do that every scan and I play gypsy every single scan. And I've had a lot of them. I don't even want to say how many PET scans I've had. But um, gypsy's a part of all of them. I played gypsy going into my surgery. And it's a, it's a very calming, positive, beautiful song in my life. And um, I would just say if anybody, if everybody could choose a song that makes them feel that way and makes them feel hopeful and confident and loved and supported, I would find it and I would play it all the time. Well said. Well said. Well, Stacey, as we wrap up, uh, you know where I'm going to go because I ask this question of everybody. So it's your turn. (laughs) It's your turn. If someone listening into our conversation, they themselves or someone they're caring for was recently diagnosed. What do you want them to know? My advice to a newly diagnosed patient is commit to the best health possible that you can achieve. And when, for me, when I found, I found out that I had cancer, I changed everything. I, no alcohol, no sugar, no dairy. It was hardcore. And I would say to a newly diagnosed patient to commit. And one of my quotes that I, I give when I speak is, you will never regret giving your best effort at anything. Uh, it's not like cancer or chemotherapy are going to say, we're going to stop going at you today. They're going to keep coming for you. So the most that you can do is to fully commit to going after them and, and be and achieving the best health status that you can to fight both the cancer and the chemo. Wonderful words of advice. Well, Stacey, I want to wish you continued years and years of NED. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad to uh, meet you. And I put that in air quotes as well. Uh, this has been terrific. <laughs> and, uh, and just thank you and wishing you all the best. Oh, Lee, I can't thank you enough. And I'm, I'm honored to know you. And I just, um, I hate to be a part of this group with everybody, but I'm just I'm just so glad to be here with so many extraordinary people. Thank you so much. You have a good night. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer. And thank you to our sponsor, the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. You can subscribe to We Have Cancer by visiting Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. And you can find us on social media by visiting our Facebook page at We Have Cancer Show and at We Have Cancer Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.